Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 22 of Russell Life Radio. I'm Matt Sin, and I'm here with our first guest host ever, my beautiful wife, Carol Sin. Say hi, Carol. Hi, Carol. Knew it. I knew it was going to happen. Um, she's actually here to complain that she still doesn't have her Cody Rhodes t-shirt, and that is that is on me. That's right. That's absolutely true. Today is September 4th, 2019, and I'm going to fill in for Chris and give you... Let me see if I can I can do... Uh, I, can, I can actually make it sound like Chris. <clears throat> this day in wrestling history. Is that all right? Is it good? It was passable. You think Chris will be happy? It's acceptable. Okay. All right. Today is September 4th, 2019, and 15 years ago... Oh, my gosh. Excuse me. 25 years ago, I just couldn't imagine that it was that long ago, WCW Monday Nitro debuted on TNT. That is basically my childhood, and now I feel really, really old. I was going to say, you're old. That's that's a long time ago. Yeah. I don't care for that at all. Let's just go ahead and move on. Let's talk about SmackDown and uh, the opener. And you know what? It actually opened with a video recalling exactly what happened on Monday Night Raw, which they often do. This one I actually liked because it was so well put together and it talked about uh, Bailey's heel turn and exactly what she did to Becky Lynch the night before it went over the match. It was actually really good. So Bailey opened the show and she came out. She came out with her Bailey buddies and she was all happy. She had I'm a hugger on the screen, even though she just hit Becky Lynch with a chair the night before. So she came out and she said that the reason that she did it is because that she is Sasha Banks' best friend and she's not sure why her attack actually surprised anyone. Uh, she actually said that she's still going to be the person that uh, little girls should aspire to be, which is a lot of hogwash. She'll be full-time heel here in a couple weeks. Um, then Charlotte Flair came out and interrupted her and said that, you know what, even though Charlotte is a bad person, you always know exactly what to expect from her. And then Sasha came out and the two beat Charlotte up with a chair. And it was good. Go ahead. Say something. <laughs> something. Uh, agreed. It was good. Um, I thought Bailey did a good job. It was a little bit kind of stiff, like she was putting on the I'm a heel now but I'm still Bailey but she'll get into it I think um I it's like a lot of people in one room who are all bad guys but they're all bad guys out to get each other so it's kind of I don't know they have to use it right yeah like I feel like they could overdo it really fast but if they do it right it could be very interesting WWE has always had a hard time booking heel versus heel, so we'll see exactly where this goes. I don't expect a Charlotte face turn, but it wouldn't absolutely surprise me because they very rarely do a good heel versus heel match. But yeah, this the, the whole thing was well put together. Bailey's never been a great promo. Sasha is a good promo, so it's it, it was fine. Uh, we had the very first match of the King of the Ring quarterfinals, and we had Elias versus Ali, and... In my opinion, this is Elias' best match since he came up to the main roster. Uh, of course, Ali is incredible, and we talked about on Raw last night, or on the Raw Review Show last night, about how a great wrestler like Cedric Alexander can pull a decent wrestler like Baron Corbin and get them to have a great match, and I think that's exactly what happened here. Ali's incredible. Elias is pretty good. Made for a good match. What do you think? Uh, I agree. I think I didn't really understand it. I thought we were bringing Ali up, like trying to make him into somebody. So right. it would have made sense to me to have him win and move on. But 
that's that's not what they did. So that's okay. Yeah, you know they did those those background or back. I don't even know. Not would even say backstage. It was the promos from you know his little video recaps about how he's gonna what change the world. I don't even remember what they were at this point, but they were good at the time. Then he came back and lost his first match when he came back. He's really in the same spot that he was. So those video packages really did nothing for him, which is a little bit disappointing. Right. Either way, the match was good. Elias got up and put on the crown, sat on the throne. It was good. It was a better look than King Corbin. So I agree. We'll, we'll, we'll let it pass. Um, after that, we had Samoa Joe, and he was backstage, and he said he was here to scout his potential opponents, which is funny because he still hasn't moved forward. He's got to beat Triple H. I'm sorry, he has to beat Ricochet and Baron Corbin in a triple threat match, and we'll see how that goes. Um, I think Samoa Joe's going to win because he had two backstage promos on SmackDown, and I think next week we'll have Samoa Joe versus Chad Gable. We'll get more to that in a minute. We had Fire and Desire versus Nikki Cross and Alexa Bliss. And uh, tell me what you what you thought about this match. Um, I mean, kind of what I always think whenever Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville come out is Mandy Rose is the, the showboat, the spotlight, and then you have Sonya who really should just be her own person, does not need to be part of his tag team, in my opinion, and is just being used by Mandy Rose's personality. So every time I see them, it just bothers me because Mandy always gets the pin. She always gets all the notoriety, and Sonya's doing the work. And I want to see Sonya just say, I'm done with this, and walk away. Be her own woman. The The only issue with that is there's not enough female tag teams. Like, I like Sonya Deville significantly more than Mandy Rose as well, and I think that she could go really far... And I think we're, we're going to actually sit down and have a whole round table with this, but there's an issue with the women's division right now where there's just not enough stars. There's plenty of wrestlers. Uh, there's just not enough female stars. So to have essentially two singles belts and a tag belt, it's just, it, the division is just not strong enough right now. Either way, they had the double team move where uh, Sonya Deville basically hit Kenny Omega's V-trigger. Mandy Rose did like a sweep and they pinned Alexa Bliss. And Alexa Bliss looked like a upset anime character after the match. She did. Her Very face, sad. yeah, her face was all over the place. I don't know what was going on. Uh, yeah, the match was fine. It still bugs me though because the champions lost, and I feel like they're. I hope they don't go back to that because a couple months ago I felt like a champion lost basically every show. Mm. Um, this was a way to get fire and desire to wrestle Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross, but Alexa and Nikki just beat them a couple weeks ago, so I don't know why they're getting another shot. But I can tell you why. Because there's not that many female tag teams and they need someone. And it's Clash of Champions. They have yeah. to defend against somebody. So that's that's the only problem there. But I do think Sonya Deville could be something special eventually when she gets out on her own. He had Samoa Joe in a backstage segment again. And he saw Chad Gable. And this is why I think the two of them will wrestle uh, in the finals. He picked on Chad Gable for being short, even though he's only about three inches shorter than Joe. I believe, if I recall correctly, Joe called him Bilbo Baggins, which was the best line of the night. Chad Gable looked very distraught because he is not tough, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I feel like if if he was short, he's probably been called short all his life. It's because he's not short. It's because he's not short, and he's this is coming out of nowhere, and he's like, why am I suddenly being bullied for something I'm not? Yeah, it makes, makes no sense. The dude was an Olympian. There's so many things they could do with him. I will say, though, that Joe is the only one that puts this over well for me. I, I can't stand this bullying of Chad Gable for being short, quote, quote, short. Uh, but when Joe does it, it works because I love Joe. Um, and this, uh, just a preface for the rest of this conversation, I'm a casual fan. I am by no means a technical fan. You're not going to get any, well, this is what I think because of what happened. This is what I think will technically happen. You're just going to get, I like Joe. So 
he's cool. That's what you're going to get from, from this experience with Carolson. And it's good because I've been a wrestling fan since I was about 10 years old. So we have a little bit of perspective from both. Next, we had Randy Orton come out there, who, as I mentioned a couple weeks ago, is finally the superstar that he is again. I mean, he just toiled and I don't know what for what seems like forever. And now, like, I love Kofi, and I think this feud is really what's going to establish Kofi's world title reign. But I kind of want Randy Orton to win. He's just so good at being such a jerk, and I love him with the revival. It's just worked so well. He comes out there and he says, you know what, Kofi? No more tricks. Come out here and face me like a man. And of course, Kofi is stupid. 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 Because he comes out, and as he's coming out, the revival is beating the tar out of him like he expected nothing to happen. Like, come on, man. What do you what do you expect? Do you trust Randy Orton? So the revival get Kofi all the way to the ring. He finally starts to fight back because you have to have your WWE champion look strong. Randy Orton comes out. And then he beats up Kofi Kingston. They throw him in the ring. They do the super RKO, which is the double flapjack into the RKO. And yeah, Kofi's down and out again. Randy Orton looks strong. What do you think? I agree. I like Randy Orton in this role as the sort of the leader of the bullies. And he's got his henchmen. He's good on the mic. Um, I like it. I don't really like Randy Orton as much as a casual fan. Um I, I used to kind of roll my eyes, but I'm I'm enjoying this this thread. I, I think he's doing a good job. I will say that earlier in the show, and I think it was right after the first King of the Ring match, I can't remember, they showed Aleister Black in the back again. <laughs> and he was like, hey, I guess no one's going to come fight me, so I'm going to come find a fight from someone else. Which I called, by the way. We're sitting there watching yeah. it. I'm like, this is finally going to be the night when he decides... I'm going to get up and go out there and find someone if no one will come to me. And it happened. It did happen. You're correct. But it was ridiculous because he just wasn't on TV last week. And also when Randy Orton came out, we were like halfway through the show. And I said out loud, well, I guess Alistair can't find his way to the ring because it's been like 30 minutes since he actually got up and left. You know, he's just making his way through all these, this maze of hallways, I guess. I don't know. Well, it, and uh, here we are in Florida, kind of in the midst of uh, Hurricane Dorian and if you've been following, you know, Hurricane Dorian took forever to get to Florida. Uh, it took its sweet time. Uh, and so we could say maybe he's, uh, maybe it's Alistair Dorian Black. Alistair Dorian Black. That is good. I like it. That's his new nickname. We're going to call him Dorian. Or Alistair Hurricane Black. Hurricane. Hurricane Black. Uh, stand back. There's a hurricane coming through. Eventually. Ah, uh, Eventually. It's coming. it's coming. So after the commercial break, we we had, no, we still don't have Aleister Black, excuse no. me, because we had Chad Gable versus Andrade. And uh, this match was really good. Andrade's incredible. Chad Gable's incredible. And the finish was Zelina Vega. She, Chad Gable rolled up Andrade and Zelina distracted the referee, but it didn't matter because Chad Gable just did it again. He won with a roll up. I don't really like roll up victories, but I think in this situation they work. I do want to say, I absolutely love Chad Gable. I think he deserves everything he's getting. But he's been a joke for so long, it's difficult to see him go over someone like Andrade, who you really think deserves to hit that next step. If he goes over Samoa Joe or Ricochet, I'm going to be really upset. I don't care if he goes over Corbin. He advances to the, to the semifinals. I mean, it's going to be nuts. And next week, he's going to wrestle Elias. He'll probably go over Elias. What do you think? Uh, yeah, I agree. I got nothing to add to that. Okay. 
Cool. Uh, you do, what do you think about the name Shorty G? Do you think that uh, if they go with that, it's good? I think it's ridiculous. I uh, hope they don't do that. I don't think there's anyone that goes, Shorty G, that's a good idea, except for Vince McMahon, who loves the idea. <laughs> yes. Uh, so we go to commercial break again, and we finally have Alistair Black's open challenge. He made it. But it was so dumb because he's out there with Shelton Benjamin. It's like, Shelton Benjamin accepted the open challenge. And I'm like, all right, that's nice. But like, and, I, and it's fine. I don't have anything against Shelton Benjamin. He's awesome. He's really good in the ring. But why? Why? I just don't understand. I, I feel like you got to give Alistair Black some promo time. Say, okay, I've been in the back for months. I've had one person answer my call. I'm not leaving this ring until someone comes out. And then have it be a bigger star, not Shelton freaking Benjamin, who is great. But again, same thing with Chad Gable. He's a joke. Give him someone that matters. Have him go over. Right. So anyway, he beat Shelton Benjamin in like three minutes. The match match could have been good, but they gave him no time. So nothing happened. Uh, After that, we had the 24-7 title shenanigans. And there was... A bunch of crazy things happened in the background, uh, or excuse me, in, in the backstage area. And what really came of it was Bo Dallas of the B team, Bray Wyatt's little brother, is your new 24-7 champion. And uh, Curtis Axel was there with him, and they ran away. And uh, yeah, it was good. So they're giving Shinsuke what I like to call the Viking Raiders treatment. Yeah. Because we're not getting enough of this jobber nonsense from the Viking Raiders. No. We don't even watch these matches. We, we skip them every week. Mm-hmm. I, I, I feel, I don't understand what's happening. I just don't get it. No, and now we're no doing sense. this to Shinsuke? I don't understand this. So I would have fast forwarded this match, but the reality is I watched it live for once. So I couldn't. And Sami Zayn is running his mouth the whole time. And Sami Zayn's good at running his mouth, but it was so unnecessary. He came out and he's like, Shinsuke is going to wrestle... Andrew Morgan or something like that. He's like, it's Andrew Morgan, right? And the guy like looks at Sammy and says, no. And he's like, what well, does it matter anyway? Because tonight you're going to be the Miz. And so Shinsuke beat up on this jobber and Sammy's like, look what he's doing to the Miz. And he hits a terrible looking Kinshasa, pins him, match over. Sammy Zane runs his mouth. Just That's a waste it. of everybody's time. It's just yeah. a waste of everybody's time. And it's sort of, it's just so dumb. And it's so late in the show. Like, if they had done it earlier, we could kind of dismiss it and move on. But they did it so late in the show, it just seemed like they wanted it to be important. And it's not important. It's It shouldn't be there. It's just ridiculous. Yeah, I agree. As soon as the match is over, Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel were in the ring. And all these shenanigans happen with a 24-7 title. But what really matters is Drake Maverick overcomes the B-team and pins Bo Dallas as he's going up the ramp celebrating someone is dressed as a lampshade (laughs) next to the King of the Ring throne. And who would that be? Well, if you follow him on Instagram, not that I do that, you would know (laughs) that the lampshade is Archer's. It absolutely is. And he tears off his lampshade disguise, rolls up Drake Maverick, and R-Truth is your 14-time 24-7 24-7 champion. Uh, I love R-Truth. He's good. I got nothing bad to say about this. No, he's good. The the I, the 24-7 stuff, like it kind of fell off a cliff for me because it was so, so good. And ever since Elias won it, I think it's kind of gone downhill. But Truth has it again. 
So I hope that it starts to pick back up because honestly, I, I like these segments. I thought I was going to hate them, but I like them. See, this is, a, this is a good kind of humor. Like if you're going to, you're going to have a pause for comedic break every now and then they're doing this. Well, this is, I think it's good. I think it's funny and it's, it's usually done brief. They've done a few things that I thought were kind of, you know, unnecessary too, too much, too long, but most of them are brief, quick, just enough to go, ha, that's funny. And, and moving on. So speaking of comedy, are you telling me that you didn't like the Usi hot segments? The what? I'm sorry. I've blocked that from my mind, from worst, my memory. Worst segment in I don't even history. know what you're talking about. So bad. So bad. So we go to what is essentially the main event because Shinsuke Nakamura versus Jobber was the main event for SmackDown this week. You heard me right. Shinsuke Nakamura versus Jobber was the main event for WWE SmackDown this week. Just, somebody's got to get this under control. I just don't get it. So Dan O'Brien comes down the ring. And he says that he deserves an apology. Not only for being speared by Roman Reigns. But for being called a liar. Because as we all know. Daniel Bryan hates liars. So he's down at the ring. And Roman Reigns comes out. And while he's on the ramp, Eric Rowan starts attacking Roman Reigns. And uh, he's beating up on Roman Reigns. He throws him in the ring, does the Iron Claw. And Daniel Bryan says, what are you doing? And Eric Rowan shoves him away, like on his butt. So he throws Roman out of the ring. He's beating him up by the announce table. And he's going to do the Iron Claw through the announce table. And Daniel Bryan comes up and says, what are you doing, Rowan? We're friends. Why would you do that to me? And so they're arguing, and Daniel Bryan, who is a genius, slaps Eric Rowan in the face. And Eric Rowan is about mm, 14 inches taller than he is. Well, it worked last week when Rowan basically looked like a sad puppy and ran away. Yep. So Eric Rowan grabs Daniel Bryan by the head and slams him with the iron claw through the announce table. So Eric Rowan, you would think, worked on his own. Now, I will say this is the most poorly scripted section of segments in a long time in the WWE. They've mostly all been bad. Uh, there have been some high spots, like with the, the Buddy Murphy segments. That For the most part, they've been bad. Mm. But this is a really, really good payoff. Agreed. Agreed. It just took too long to get here. Like, for example, I think what happened last week with the slapping and the running away, that should have happened last week at the beginning of the episode. And then what happened this week at the end of the episode should have also happened last week at the end of the episode. So, like, start the show off with Daniel being mad at Rowan, Rowan runs away, end the show with what happened this week. There's there's way too much time elapsing between where you're asking, what is happening? What are they doing? And then you're paying it off well with what happened this week. But too much time has passed. Like you can lose, you just, you lost too many people's interest in the meantime who might not care now that you've come to your payoff. Does yeah. that make sense? Absolutely makes sense. And like the stuff with Derek Rowan. Right. They just, where does it work, Derek? It makes no sense. He just disappeared. Which we just named him Derek, right? That's not his yeah, real name. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. It's just some guy. And then like clearly this video was either not the same video or edited because we would have been able to see Rowan the whole time. It right. Just, it is none of it. None of it really makes sense. But we've already complained enough about that, so yeah. that's that's just fine. Uh, but yeah, what would you grade if you were to grade as a teacher? 
Uh-huh. If you were to grade WWE SmackDown this week, what would you have graded it? Um. And why? So as a teacher, as an elementary teacher, I tend to be kind of, you know, lenient and look at the whole picture. So I might say, okay, we're doing this presentation this week, student, uh, and, and then compare it to how we did last time. So here's what I would do. I would say last week's episode of SmackDown was such a snore fest. It was so bad, right? So I might look at this week's presentation and say, oh, you've improved so much. It's so much better. And so I would I would say, I give it a solid B. Okay. I'll give it a solid B. Maybe even merging towards a B plus. We'll get we'll throw in a few extra points there and some some, you know, smiley faces on the report card. Okay. I this one's really hard to grade. Really, all these Raws and SmackDowns with the King of the Ring matches have been hard to grade because I feel like the shows haven't been that good, but there's been a lot of good wrestling on these shows. Right. I mean, when has Elias had a good match? He didn't have a good match with Ricochet. He was one of the best workers in all of WWE, Mm -hmm. but he had a really good one with Ali. Mm -hmm. Chad Gable and Andrade was short but great. Aleister Black stuff was stupid, but at least he's on my TV again. Mm -hmm. The Randy Orton promo was incredible. The twenty four seven stuff was just fine. I don't. I wouldn't grade it as high as you. I, I think I would give it a B minus. Mm-hmm. The show was above average because, as I always say, if there's good wrestling on a wrestling show, I can get over it. And the ending was great. As I mentioned to Chris yesterday on the Raw show, if a show has a good opening and a good ending, you kind of get over the other stuff. And Agreed. you know what? It did. It had a good opening with Bailey, Charlotte, and Sasha. It had a good ending with Rowan, Daniel Bryan, and Roman Reigns. So, B minus. I think it was. I think it was an okay show. Mm. So, ladies and gentlemen, we're only about twenty three minutes in, but we are going to stop because we have to edit. Hurricane Dorian is on its way to us, and it should be here in just a few hours. If you live on the first coast or if you live on the east coast of the United States, please be safe. But we're going to go ahead and cut this off so I can get it edited. Thank you so much for hanging out with us on this twenty second episode of Wrestle Life Radio. Thank you to my beautiful wife for joining me today. Thank you. Thank you for having me. And then we will see you all very soon. Please like, share, and subscribe. Follow us all on Instagram at Wrestle Life Radio. Follow us on Twitter at WrestleLifePod. You can follow Chris at AskChrisCumby. You can follow Kyle at, at Kyle.Pauly. Me at WrestleLifeMap. And you can follow my beautiful wife on Instagram at... Carol Sin. That's C-A-R-O-L-E-S-E-N-N. One last time, thank you very much, everyone. We very much appreciate you. Be safe due to the hurricane, and we will see you later. Bye.